and it wasn't just one baby like literally babies were flying out like he was having multiple babies and every time he gave birth custard flew out of him it was <laughs> mental <laughs> On the pod this week is radio DJ, TV presenter, and all-round lovely man, Melvin O'Doom. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello Melvin O'Doom and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Abby. How are you? Really good, thank you. So lovely to see you, Melv. How are you? I'm all right. I'm a bit nervous about this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> it was I don't know what's going to come up. <laughs> oh, God. Some good stuff. Trust me, there's some good stuff about you out there in, in the world. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some fun over the next little while. Um, right. Let's talk, though, about mm. your new slot. You're a few months in now to hosting your new slot, hosting the Live Lounge on Radio yeah. One, like, do you feel really settled? Are you just loving it now? Yeah, do you know what? It was a weird one because we knew for ages, then we weren't on air straight away because we were still mm -hmm. doing our evening show. So there was like this mad excitement. And then we started and I was super nervous because it is this iconic, massive show that's been hosted by Fern Cotton and then Clara after that. So there was a bit of pressure but literally, I think after two, three weeks, we were really settled and it it felt really natural. And we realized we are actually okay radio DJs. Um, <laughs> and from on a personal level, it's I've finally got a social life because we did breakfast for so long. Mm. And then we did nights for a while. And I think it's been 14 years since I've had a social life. Like I can, I can actually see like family and friends and go out and not be tired and shattered all the time. So uh, on a personal level, it's been amazing. I actually don't like to tell people how much I'm enjoying this slot because it has been <laughs> really cool for, for us. Yeah, I bet. So no excuses now for your mates if you don't turn up to stuff. I mean, I still make excuses. You know me, Abs. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it's a lot harder now because yeah. we got we do have a lot more free time and, and, you know, it's just the perfect slot and we get to meet some really cool acts and speak to them and, hear live music again. There's so many great aspects of doing this show. So yeah, we feel really lucky and blessed to be doing it. Like you say, before you were doing this slot, you were doing late nights and you guys discussed, uh, well, all sorts of, uh, of stuff on that show. So was it funny having to kind of like switch again back to the daytime schedule and be like, we need to be a bit more PG now? I mean, we did what we want or wanted <laughs> on that show. And um, it was a lot of fun. And, like we got to play 
some really cool music and break a lot of acts and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, we really pushed the boat out on that show. It was it was quite risky at times, but that's what it's about if you're doing late nights. And I think because we came from a place where we couldn't say hardly anything because there's kids listening and and you know parents and stuff like that, and we had to be so careful on such a, a massive show. And then we did nights. We were like, right, let's just do everything we weren't allowed to do. Um, and we got to do that. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. But we got to learn learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was just nice to have that freedom, you know. Yeah, you guys run riot. I loved it. It was always a fun <laughs> listen. But now you've got a yeah, you've got to be a bit more PG, but you're having loads of fun with the music for sure. And you guys have been in radio for a long time now. First on Kiss, yeah. obviously now on Radio One. Is it like over ten years on air? Is that right? Yeah, over 10 years on air and like before that, me and Ricks used to work um, for one extra as broadcast assistants. So, we, you know, we knew a lot of the team when we came back to the BBC and Charlie was, you know, doing work experience at Bauer, you know, before we even met her. So we've all been in the industry for like a really long time. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I feel like we've learned a lot along the way and, and learned from some really great people as well. Yeah, you've definitely learned the craft, I'm sure, from being around people for that long. You've obviously done various bits of TV as well. So did you always want to be a broadcaster? Like, was that your dream job when you were a kid? What did you no, want to be? I wanted to be a singer, and then I realised I can't sing. <laughs> so Give us a I little bit, like, no? <laughs> um, you don't want to hear it, Abby, trust me. Um, you know what? I just thought, how else can I entertain people? And I thought mm-hmm. presenting was the next best thing. Um, and I could, you know, be myself. And my main thing was that I just liked the idea of making people smile. So, you know, that's how I kind of fell into it. But initially I wanted to be a singer. I love, obviously that's how I love, that's probably one of the reasons why I love music so much because of I wanted to sing. So maybe we're going to hear a project from you sometime soon, maybe? Yeah, if I buy like a really expensive vocoder to change my voice, <laughs> then yeah, possibly I can hook you up, but not for now. You never know. Vakoda of music at the moment is very in fashion, isn't it? So it's true. Yeah. Work with a really good producer. Work with a really good producer and they'll make you sound great and no one will ever know. Abby, I'll need someone like Timberland or the Neptunes to sort this voice out. It's going to be like (laughs) the best producer. Top tier, exactly. (laughs) I love it. So being on the radio and obviously starting to play Christmas songs now that we're in December, are you in the festive spirit yet? Are you there? No, I'm... So Charlie loves Christmas. Ricky's kind of like, he loves it as well because he's got a little one, but... Um, for me, I'm like the Grinch of the show. I find like you just spend too much money around Christmas. The only time, the only two days I like is Christmas actual day, because mm-hmm. I get to see the, the family and Boxing Day, because I have like another Christmas day with like my mates and my cousins. So those two days I love. Other than that, it's like there's traffic, there's queues everywhere, everything's expensive. I'm the biggest Grinch on the show. I can't stand it half the time, but Christmas Day, Boxing Day, all good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God, he's just moaning over here. I thought you yeah, were getting in the Christmas that. spirit. I mean, you did ask me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just he's being you. honest, it's fine. So what is um, what is Christmas like then in the O'Doom household? Oh, like you wow. say, you enjoy the actual couple of days that are proper Christmas. Well, my aunts and my mum, they throw it down in the kitchen. So we yeah. don't have like, like a traditional Christmas dinner. It's a little bit of everything. So you, you get the turkey, you get the potatoes and stuff and all that stuff. But then we throw in some jollof rice. We've got some, we've got some soup in there too. We've got some chicken. We've got some pigs in the blanket. It's like, uh, it's like a, a massive buffet 
of food and everyone just turns up. You've got little kids running around. We do like a little section where everyone opens their presents. We, for some reason, watch EastEnders when we don't watch it at any other point during the year um, and play music. It's like a little miniature party as well. But yeah, Christmas Day at in our house is really, really nice. Right, Melv, let me explain yeah. how the rest of this podcast is gonna work. So we've been through the internet and we found lots and lots of stuff that people are searching about you and really wanna know about you, Melvin O'Doom. It's time for you to face the celebrity search engine and dish up those answers that the people wanna know. Should we do this? Yeah, let's do it, Abs. Hey, all right, let's go. Starting with what happens when we type in Melvin O'Doom and the word who. The first question being, who is Melvin O'Doom? You actually come up on Google as a, as a British comedian. <laughs> I, like, I like how you say that. Like, you're not funny, Melvin. Why, why, do you come up with, like, why the hell do you come up? As a, do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw that, or actually I first heard it on Alexa, and I was like... <gasps> That's strange because I never call myself a comedian because I remember years ago, um, I'm really into like stand up and stuff like that. And there was a comedy writer and he used to say, if you're doing a new comedy, never call it a comedy. Just, just make this program. Mm. And if it's funny, then it's a bonus. And mm. I really like that idea. And so when I started presenting, I never called myself a comedian. I, I've never called myself that ever. Um, and I don't really write comedy. I think I kind of talk about real life situations and if there's humor involved, then I kind of share it. But I never call myself that. So I think someone else has called me that. Which is a compliment. Else. Which is a compliment and I'll take it. And if, like I said, my whole ethos is making people smile. So yeah, I didn't do it. If anyone's thinking out there, <laughs> I've called myself a comedian on Wikipedia. It's nothing to do with me, but I will take it. And my aim is to make people laugh. So it's all good. So if someone was listening to this and they'd never heard of you before, how would you describe yourself? I would say I'm a, a radio and TV presenter. That's what I would say in a nutshell. Um, and I, you know, DJ on the side. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I'm the funny one out of Ricky, Melvin and Charlie. So that's probably where oh. the <laughs> No, we're all funny. <laughs> and uh, best hugs in the biz, to be fair. You're up there in the in the hug charts. You know what though, Ricky is number one for hugs. Ricky will hug a stranger. <laughs> just come he's, here. He's the, bring it he's in. He's just the number one. He loves a hug. Like with me, I have to kind of warm into a hug. And if I yeah. know you, then you're gonna get a good one. But Ricky yeah. is like the number one guy for a hug. Okay. Obviously, people get a little bit nosier as the searches go on. Uh, so right. the second one is who is Melvin O'Doom dating? Are you I knew you was going to say this, Abby. <laughs> I knew you was going to say this. Um, so at the moment, I am dating someone, but they're very private. So I won't, you know, reveal any names, but I am dating. But that is when I put my, because I have Googled myself, I'm sad like that. And, and I, when I put my name in, that is the one that always comes up without a fail. You know why though? It's because you're cause you're a ladies' man, aren't you? You've got you've got the charm, you've got the chat, people want to know. I don't know where that I don't know where that idea comes from. <laughs> um, Abby, I just enjoy speaking to me. I'm a friendly guy. But yeah, for some reason that always comes up. Okay, the next one is who did Melvin O'Doom partner with in Strictly? 
uh, Jeanette Manrara. Um, she is an amazing dancer. Um, she's now hosting It Takes Two and doing loads of other stuff. Um, for me, Strictly was like one of the best moments of my life. Uh, I learned so much. I've got so many friends off the back of the show now. Um, but yeah, Jeanette is like a really good mate now. And even after the show, like I DJed for her wedding. She had three weddings, by the way. She had what? one here, one in Miami, and I think one in Aliash's hometown. So like, Amazing. yeah, I did the London wedding and it was like just full of pro. It was the easiest wedding to DJ for because it's just full of dancers and people who've been on Strictly. Um, and she <laughs> that dance lived... floor, bloody hell. Yeah, that dance, dance floor, floor was, been like... <laughs> it was like fire. It was so easy <laughs> to DJ. For that, for that party. But she now lives down the road from me and you know I'm so proud of her and I sometimes bump into her um, at, at Radio One because she does the one show as well sometimes. So yeah, we, we see each other all the time and I'm really, really happy with, with her and all of her achievements. So yeah, that was, yeah, Jeanette is my girl. Um, it's still an outrage that you were voted off so early. How very dare they? <laughs> <laughs> you Honestly, know what? That, furious. <laughs> Abby, at the time, I'm not gonna lie, it was I was upset because you put yeah. so much work into it and you don't want to let your your partner down. And also mm -hmm. my mum's a big fan of the show. And so I felt like I let her down. Um, but when I came back and did the Christmas special and I had that chance to kind of redeem myself, it meant so much. And I actually had everyone here on Christmas oh. Day. And when it was announced as me as the winner for that show. Like you've never heard a louder house in North London than on that. <laughs> the day. whole house shaking. It was shaking. <laughs> it was crazy. So yeah, it was. It's a bittersweet because it was. It was sad to leave so early, but to come back mm -hmm. and have that chance to redeem yourself. And I nearly didn't do it because I was so scared to go back. And my sister oh, no. And she no. rehearsed with me every single night before I did the Christmas oh, special. That's um, it. And everyone loves a redemption story. Now yeah, he's they do. They do. <laughs> Is it really grueling though, like all the training and stuff? Because obviously, like each year, I kind of see people training and like little clips on their Instagram and stuff. But what's it like when you're actually doing it? Is it savage, like on your feet it's and just your whole body? Hardest thing, absolutely. Yeah. The hardest thing I have ever done. Like, I and I did the London Marathon, and I used to train like maybe four minimum four times a week. But this was like, and I was doing breakfast at the time when I was doing Strictly. So I'd mm -hmm. literally leave the studio, go to like a dance studio somewhere down the road, rehearse from about 11 till five. And it, it for me, it was so much, so intense that um, like I would forget my routines because I was just so exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, and Jeanette would have to find different ways to kind of wake me up. She'd be like, have a nap now, then we'll <laughs> rehearse. Or I never used to drink coffee. She was like, start drinking coffee shots. We used to try everything to try and keep me awake because I was just exhausted and it's hard work. And people like Ore who lasted and won the competition, by the mm -hmm. end of it, Ore and Danny Mac, they were ripped. It was like they were in some intensive, like kind of like gym workout. It's it's mm -hmm. it's tough. People don't realize it. So that's one of the reasons why I watch the show now. And I'm so involved because I know what the process they've been through. It's like I've got a, yeah. another set of eyes. I really do appreciate how much work everyone puts in. And it, it's not easy. It's not easy. With me, I was always like that dude on the dance floor who would bust a bust a move and shake a leg, but I was never able to learn routines and I could never dance with someone else. So yeah. it was really hard for me. And Jeanette, she was, she was mad patient and everyone's good on that show.
Okay, let's mix up those letters as we slide from the who's to the how's. This one has been searched a lot, and I don't think it'll be a surprise. You know what this is, I think. How Ooh. tall is Melvin <laughs> O'Doo? <laughs> All right. Okay. So I am honestly, real height. Real my height. Real, my real height, Abby, is five foot five. Now, for some reason, there was a little. Um, there was a time when Ricky pranked me, and he changed my Wikipedia to like four foot for ages <laughs> and I couldn't change it back and so then I think I changed it to like six foot but I am Brilliant. five foot five and I think that is the official line on social media now um, but yeah I am five foot five but I'm pr- the thing is I'm proud of my height I think it's I think it's cool to be short 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 yeah. and sweet I like being short. I'm only five foot two and a half the only thing I don't like is when I'm at a gig and I always somehow I must just like attract them i end up behind the tallest person Are in the five whole two? gig yeah only five two you know what you don't look short though that's the thing it's an illusion are you ready for the big question the super oh, nosy yeah. question we've yeah, eased you in uh how much is melvin odoom worth let me just tell you right the oh, internet well. says net worth is four million i mean just saying that's pretty four good million. if listen if i was worth four million my mum would know about that. She'd be asking for like a brand new living room and, and all sorts in the house. Brand new everything, yeah. I wish I was worth four million. I think the thing is, mm. I, there was a period when I got really into property. So like, mm. because of that, I think in terms of like assets, I might not be far off, mm. but I don't think I got cash, four million <laughs> in the bank. I'm not- Imagine just in your, in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. Imagine like that. Four million. No, I wish. No chance. Um, But yeah, it's nice that people think that. Oh, you were sensible, though, and actually like invested in property because you must have been so young, right? When you first started like working in radio and then at Kiss and stuff. So it's good that you actually were like, you know what? I'm going to be good with this money. It it wasn't my idea. I've got two mates. (laughs) I've got a mate called Eddie's and I've got a mate called Andrew, right? And Eddie's is just like, he's like a property developer. So he was just like, let's just buy a place and mm-hmm. save your money. And then just don't think about it, let's rent it out. And then Andrew was like, Melvin, if radio stopped tomorrow, what else would you do? And I was, I couldn't answer that question. And um, he was like, you need to start thinking of other ways to kind of like get cash flow and other ways to invest your money and stuff like that. So that if whatever happens, if something changes tomorrow, you've got like another revenue of money. So those two guys were like the two people that made me think differently. And then I got really big into property like a few years ago, I'd say about seven years ago. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah, you've got to thank those guys, definitely. So what do you spend like most of your money on? Like taking the property thing out of the equation. Like what do you waste most of your money on? My um, vice, Abby, is cars. I'm a big oh, really? car fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love cars. Um, and so, yeah, over the years, I have treated myself. You know, you get certain people who will buy clothes or you'll get mm-hmm. people who will go on lavish holidays. Mm-hmm. My thing is cars. Like, I can I not go on holiday for a year. I'll be like, cool, I'm chilling here. As long as I have a nice car to drive, that is my thing. Oh, come on, what cars have you got then? Show off. I mean, it's probably not going to mean a lot to me, but I'm sure the listeners will be interested. 
Um, uh, okay, so over the years, um, I had a Bentley at one point. I had, I've got a 911 now, if that means anything to you. I had a Mercedes um, AMG GTS at one point, BMWs. So yeah, it's, we've, we've been through a few, been lucky yeah. enough to do that. Yeah, you've gone in. Uh, the last how question is, how did Ricky, Charlie and Melvin leave KISS FM? How? How? They want to know. That's he opened the, the, the door is and how... he walked out. <laughs> yeah, like, how did we leave? That is a, that is a mad question. Um, it's a combination of so many different things. I think the, the main answer is more of a, a why. And I think it was it was the time was right mm -hmm. um we wanted to all leave on a high we had such a great time um at kiss and i think we wanted to kind of like leave on our own terms and radio one is somewhere that we all wanted to work at at some point and um there's so many great broadcasters there and they offered us this slot which was you know originally kind of like fronted by charlie sloth who had done great things and it mm. just seemed like a a fresh and exciting opportunity. So that's why we left. How we left is a weird one. <laughs> I suppose we just said we're leaving. But yeah, that's yeah later. <laughs> but yeah, we got a lot of love for, for all the guys over there at Bauer. And um, again, there's so many great broadcasters there and so many people behind the scenes. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of what, you know, uh, Perry and, and, and Jordan are doing over there. They're doing a great job. Uh, but our new family is at Radio 1 now. And also, I love that you get to do Radio 1 with with Ricky and, you know, with Charlie. I feel like you three are going to be working in the entertainment industry for, like, years to come. It'll be like, oh, do you remember back when we were <laughs> I imagine kids? that. <laughs> poor, poor Ricky and Charlie got to, like, deal with me for that amount of time. But you oh, know God, what? It's, luck, yeah, yeah. It, it is lucky. We are lucky to, because not many people get to work with their mates um mm -hmm. and so yeah it is a blessing to do that and and also to be able to do like loads of stuff individually like charlie's doing our own thing on dance anthems and ricky does like loads of sports content and i'm you know do loads of bits and pieces myself so it's nice that we can come together mm -hmm. and create something and then also do stuff individually and it still feels okay because i think like like Ant and deck when it's just an or deck alone, it's like, what the, what's yeah. going on? It's like what? mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like with us, we can still do stuff individually and people can still appreciate and enjoy it, which I think is a really a nice place to be. Next, we move on to the autofill suggestions. So basically what else comes up when people put your name into a search engine? And I, I love this search. It had me howling earlier when I saw it. Do Ricky, Melvin and Charlie get along? Can you imagine if on this podcast we found out after all these years, you actually detest each other? Yeah, we can't stand each other. <laughs> imagine that. No, you know what? If I'm honest, them lot are basically my family. Like, you know how you have brothers and sisters and so there are times where we do argue, like you would with your brother or sister, mm -hmm. but literally 10 minutes afterwards, we're, we're mates again. And 
Um, I loved them to bits. Like the other day, it was like my mum's birthday and they all came down with their families and we all partied and drunk and ate food and, and stuff like that. And they're part of they're part of my family, do you know what I mean? So it's it's mad when I hear that from people like, do you really get along? Because I, I think radio is too much of an intimate medium for you to mm. be able to fake that. I think if if you didn't get on, the listeners would know. Listeners aren't stupid. They would know yeah. like literally within two minutes that these guys do not get along. And it's not <laughs> like it's just two of us, there's three of us. So imagine three people hating each other and sitting in the studio. That would be hell. I don't think yeah. anyone could do that. And, and it's not like we do one show either. We do four shows every yeah. single week for the whole year. I see them guys more than my actual family. So yeah, I think if we did hate each other, then boy, that is some great acting right there. But it's wow. impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. Radio's too intimate for you to do that. Too intimate. How did you guys meet each other in the first place? Because this sounds like obviously years and years of friendship before you even got on, on air together. The short story, I met Ricky at uni. Okay. And then we studied the same course, lived together. He got me a job in the BBC. Then mm -hmm. from the BBC, we started presenting and signed to an agency, ended up at Bauer. And then they introduced us to Charlie. And then we started on breakfast, all three of us together. Charlie was already at Bauer. That's the Aww. short story. Yeah. So how many years ago was that then? Uh, say 14 years ago. Oh, wow. Love yeah, that. 14 years. Because before we started on breakfast, we used to do weekend breakfast when no mm -hmm. one listened to us. And, um, <laughs> and Charlie was actually on breakfast. I think she was like, she was like the girl who would like answer the phones and she, she produced the, she did literally everything. She was presenting, producing, answering phones, oh. sending, like she did everything. And she did work experience before she was there. I, we, we used to joke and say she was like literally conceived and you know, she was born in a, a radio studio because of like, she was literally there before we even met oh, her. She could do it stars. all. Yeah, Love she, that. She's been in the business for time. Uh, the next search is Melvin O'Doom and the Bungalow. I mean, what a time <laughs> to be alive with kids yeah. TV like that, honestly. You went digging at me, boy. You went digging. That's what it's all about. I'm searching for the people, you know? <laughs> I love this idea. Uh, yeah, the Bungalow was the first ever TV show that I worked on uh, with Richard and Dominic. And those guys taught me so much. We had like some other actors on the show, a guy called mm -hmm. uh, Dave Chapman and another dude called Ian Kirkby. Um, and they were, they were like proper trained actors. And they came and joined us. And I used to just sit and watch them come up with these crazy characters every single week. And I'd ask them for advice. And they'd be like, Melvin, do this and this. And it was, it was just, it's crazy. Because when I look back on it now, I used to just see it as a, a place that I would go on the weekends and, and muck around yeah. and we'd get you know paid to do it. But now it was one of the most fun experiences of my life. And um, I don't think there's a show like that on TV that exists now. No, there hasn't been a show like that. And yeah. they got away with so much. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't make a show like that now. I remember there was one episode where, like, I think Dominic was giving birth to a custard baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you do, and obviously. He, as you do. And, and it wasn't just one baby. Like, literally, babies were flying out. Like, he was having multiple babies. And every time he gave birth, 
custard flew out of him. It was <laughs> mental. Imagine we were doing this in the, in the like early morning for kids. And it was just so funny. And there were things that were planned. There were things that were unplanned. And the, the man behind it all was a, a guy called uh, Steve Ride, who is like, he's like a massive exec in the BBC now. Um, but he just had all these weird ideas, but he was so funny. He used to be in everyone's ear when we were, <laughs> um, when we were on set. And some of the stuff he would just come out with, you'd be laughing, but you'd be on like live on TV. But Love he that. had so much funny content and it was a proper special time. Like I still, when I DJ now, cause obviously all the kids that used to watch it, they're all mm. like adults. So I'll be DJing with Ricky somewhere and like this really, really cool kid will come up to me and be like, I know you. And I think they've seen me on like Kiss or MTV or Radio 1. They'll be like, no, nah, I've seen you in the bungalow, mate. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> it's like the bungalow touched so many people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a historical show for me. It was funny when I was like searching it and trying to find like all your all your different bits on it. And there was one episode that that really stuck out to me when your dad comes on the show with you. But is that is it actually your dad? Yeah, it's actually my dad. Really? It's actually my dad. And he I remember like he he, he got his favorite like blazer or shirt or something, and he was practicing his lines. And oh. then because of Richard and Dominic, they just asked you random stuff. So I think they must have asked him something weird and he didn't know what to say. <laughs> he can just, oh. just tell he was like, what is going on? But the thing about my family is whatever you ask them to do, they've got your back. If I say to them, guys, I need you to stand on top of this building, they'll do it for me. Like Love they that. always have my back and they, they are like my biggest fans. My dad records mm. everything I do everything and then he'll send clips to like my uncle in america like he is a super fan but yeah that is my real dad on the show. <laughs> well he killed it we actually had uh dick and dom on the podcast a few weeks ago and they were hinting at a reunion so will you be involved in that at all anything those guys ask me to do i will do for them because um they gave me my first ever opportunity and mm. i'm I will never forget that. And like I said, they taught me so much. And I think they are such talented um, individuals. And so, yeah, it's like they, they've got their own podcast and I got involved in that. And um, every now and then, like, so my old boss, he did a show after that called The Slammer, which you might remember. And then he was like, Mel, do you want to do this? So I was like, yep. And then they did another show called uh, Did He... Uh, Dick and Dom Diaries, I think it's called. And so, yeah, if I, if I have the time to do it, I will always do it. So, yeah, if they do a reunion, I'll definitely be up for that because I, I love those boys. They're, they're amazing, amazing presenters. I think I also saw something about Basil Brush when I was searching you as well. <laughs> I mean, explain. I'm not really sure on that era of your career. <laughs> that, was, that was way after um, Dick and Dom. I think, uh, was I was I Kiss then? I'm not too sure. I think my, it might have been early Kiss or just before Kiss. So after that, I did a show called Basil Brush's Swap Shop with Barney. Do you remember Barney? So he oh, was yeah. like the main presenter. And, and to be honest, I think I got the job because of the bungalow, because they remembered some of the characters from that. And they were like, we want kind of like a guy to kind of come in and do wacky characters. And um, because I had the hindsight of the bungalow, I used to take pictures because I did, I did so many characters dressed up as animals, all sorts. And I never took pictures because I just didn't think, I didn't realize how, what I was in at that point. So when I did Swap Shop, 
I did take pictures of there's like photos of me on Facebook that's dressed as like a, a chef or an old granny or like a scientist. It's like there's loads of photos of, of me from that show. Um, but yeah, that was another fun one. And we drove, we did that in um, Maidstone. I remember driving there and my car um, blew up on the motorway. So yeah, it's, oh, nice. it, was a, it was a mad one. Um, but yeah, fun show. And Barney is a sick presenter. That guy literally can look at the script for two seconds and then come out and present. I've never seen anything like it. Wow, yeah, a machine. Like a, yeah, he literally is like a machine. Absolutely amazing. Obviously, Basil Brush up there with the most famous person in your phone book. But who else would we uh, find in there? Like, who are some of the friends you've made, you know, during your time in the industry? Um, I would say, like, Rochelle Humes, the JLS boys, mm -hmm. Craig David, we're pretty cool with. Um, obviously, everyone at Radio 1, you know, everyone at Radio 1 is famous. Um, then along the way, I've been lucky enough to meet some really cool musicians. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, I'd probably say Craig David's the biggest name in my phone book, Craig David. I'm too He's so to nice, isn't he? He's he really, really is. nice. It's like, you, yeah. you, you almost feel like, I don't want to bother you, that's how nice you are. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he always says, you know, if you're ever in Miami, let me know, we'll go out to this place, this place. He's like, just the coolest person. And yeah. so talented. I remember one time we had we had a DJ gig. Have you ever seen Craig David DJ before? Yeah, it's really fun, isn't it? But he like because he like plays like Bieber and stuff, doesn't he? And sings over it. There's like loads of stuff, isn't there, involved in what is it called? The TS5 yes. sound system thing. Yeah. Now, Abby, if you ever get a set and Craig David is on the lineup, do not play after him. It's the worst. Oh, really? <laughs> because of you will shut down that dance floor. Like Craig David was playing before us at this massive like corporate event. Mm. And we walked, me and Ricky walked in and people were dancing on tables, right by the stage, taking pictures, screaming and dancing. And, and wow. he was singing, he was DJing at the same time. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, and then Craig like leaves. And then the, the MC's like, up oh, next is Ricky Melvin. And they were just like, what is this? <laughs> like they, they, were not, they were not feeling it. So if you ever get a gig and Craig David no. is on the, say no, or just go before him. Yeah. It's not about, you can't go after Craig David. He's too good. He's too, he's just got too much energy. And it's like, there's too much going on in the acts. There's music, then there's a free performance. It's too much, it's too much. Right, it's time for a quick ad break now. I'm gonna quickly audition for the live lounge. <clears throat> Wish me luck and I'll see you back here in a minute. Sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word, Chris submits a word, and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of Men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from just search for the A to Z of men. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. All right. So, that means the autofill search is done. And the final part of today is what we call Internet Tombola. So it's essentially a massive lucky dip of the World Wide Web to find out what people have been posting about you. All right, let's give the wheel a spin and see what it lands on. Are you ready, Melvin? Yes, Abby. It stopped on headlines, uh, and this one is from Digital Spy. Melvin O'Doom swears he's not to blame for the on-air MOBO Awards (laughs) screw-up. So, (laughs) what happened here then? (laughs) Oh, my day. You went deep with this. Okay, so a few years ago, I can't tell you the year. you got to ask Ricky for the exact year. But we hosted the MOBOs, I think it was in Scotland. And... um, me and Ricks were like, we can't get anything wrong. We've got to learn our lines and just make sure we're on point. Like to the point where there was parts of it where we didn't really even get to enjoy it because we just wanted it to run smoothly. Like to host the MOBOs is a big deal, yeah. uh, especially for the culture. So like we came in suited and booted, absolutely smashed it. But a comedian, and who was it? I think it was... Oh, I remember he does, there's a comedian who does enough panel shows, right? He came out and he read out an award uh, for one of the categories and he gave it to the wrong person. And then we had some, someone in our ear going, he's given it to the wrong person. It's supposed to go to Krepton Conan. Um, and the thing about the MOBOs is, um, even if you're nominated and you've won the award, apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, Apparently, you have to pay for your tables. So, so if someone goes to you, someone goes to you, Abby, you're nominated for this award. You have to pay for your table, even if you've won, right? So they were like, you have to go on stage and rectify this mistake that this comedian has, has, has done. 
and you have to give the award to Krepton Conan, right? So me and Ricky come on and both me and him are like, we don't want to have to go on and like, it's not our mistake. We've, we've learned our lines, we've done everything correct. Yeah. So- Oh, hang on Ricky, a minute. So the person that thought they'd won had already, uh, were they like there doing the speech, hamming it up, champers out, so celebrating? Yeah, someone thought they won. They were celebrating on their table. They did not win. And Krepton Conan looked pissed because they well, they yeah. I think they knew they won and that's probably mm. why why they came down so they were just thinking hang on we were sure we were supposed to like at least win one category here and so um me and Ricks came up and Ricks before we went on Ricky was like do you want to say it or should I and I was like please bro you say it and Ricks was like the you know absolute professional he came on he rectified it and then we gave it to Krypton Conan but the press that night the only thing was Ricky and Melvin make this mistake. Like they didn't oh, care so about horrible. any of the jokes, anything, you know, anything else about the show, any of the winners. It was like Ricky and Melvin make a mistake at the Mobos. And yeah, it was vexing, but we had a great time at the after party, made up for it there. Oh, that's like your worst nightmare though. You put so much into it and then right and at the last hurdle. Even, it wasn't even our mistake. It oh. wasn't even our mistake. All right, let's move on to the next one. It's stopped on headlines again. And this one is from The Express. Strictly's Melvin O'Doom credit show for bringing family back together again. This is actually a really like amazing story, but it's it's something to do with like Strictly Come Dancing were coming to film at your house. How there was a family barbecue that? going on, right? And then- How did you find that story? I'm just out there searching. Yeah, so, so the, the, the story is, so when I did Strictly, um, you know, they love to do like the little VTs of what you're, you're getting up to. And they mm -hmm. called me up and they were like, Melvin, we know you're really close to your family. Can we do a VT at your house? You'll do like a family barbecue, it'll be really great. And um, I was like, yeah, sure, I put down the phone. And what they didn't know was my mum and dad have been divorced for years and they didn't really talk that much. Right. And um, so I called my sister who I'm really close to and I said, look, Strictly want us to do a VT at the house. And I don't know whether to call dad's side of the family or mum's side, mm. because I don't want it to be awkward. And mm. my sister is like the sensible one. And she was like, just call both. She goes, they love oh. you. And yeah. you know, they'll, they'll make it work. And I was like, all right, fair enough. And I couldn't actually be at home to, to help them set up because I was rehearsing for Strictly. Mm. So me and Jeanette like packed up, I, I said to my sister, I'm on my way home. My cousins were already at the house and I walked through the door and my mum and dad were cleaning the kitchen. And it's gonna sound so weird, Abby, but they were changing the bin together. And oh, I looked darling, over and I, it's, it sounds weird, but I looked over and I was like, that's so nice to just yeah. see them like chilling together in the kitchen and just helping each other out and we filmed the VT, it all went really, really well, went out on, on TV. And obviously when I won the Christmas special, they were really, really proud of me. But from that, from that day, they've become friends. So my mum will cook for my dad. My dad takes mum to the airport, like if she's going away, they check on each other. They're, they're really, really, my dad always compliments my mum for raising me and my sister. And I really, truly believe it's because of Strictly brought the family together. And um, that's why it's such an important show to me. And that's why if they, they're like Melvin, come on and, you know, 
talk about the show when you was on it or come and watch for this year. I, I, and I do truly love the show. It's, it's a very special show. And for, for my family as well, it definitely, you know, uh, holds a very close place in my heart. And it's, cr it's crazy. They, they were changing the bin together and that was like one of the best visions of my, par my parents that I've seen in a long time. So yeah, it's Aww. weird. That is so nice. And like you say, I know you're really close to your family as well. And we've got to talk about your, your sister because she's also kind of involved uh, in the industry as well, isn't she? She's an actress. Is that right? Yes, she is an actress. So um, she's been in a few things. So I think she's done like stuff on Hollyoaks and uh, Coronation Street. And she was in a show called Bulletproof on Sky. And she's just like an inspiration because she works so hard. She's, she had a baby like two years ago and she'll be looking after like my niece. And then as soon as my niece goes to sleep, she'll get her laptop out and then she learns a script and then she does like a tape and then sends it out for an audition. Like she is a real hustler. And when you kind of see how much work and effort she puts into everything she does it. If you're a lazy person, you can't be lazy around my sister because she's, her hustle's just insane. And she's always positive. She'll always find uh, a positive spin. And she, it's mad because she says she gets it. She gets it from me. She said to me that when I wanted to be a presenter, um, I was adamant that I couldn't do anything else. Like I, I always used to push to do it. And I yeah. was like, really? She goes, yeah. She goes, because of you were so adamant that you want to be a presenter, it, it motivated me to be an actress. And I was like, really? I didn't even know that. But yeah, she's, she's really good. Like she's the real talent. I always pray for her to, <laughs> to get that that break acting so difficult it's so mm -hmm. hard to get into it so yeah if there's anyone any casting directors listening to this right now and you want a real talent then hire my sister she's sick i want to be her agent and get 15 percent it's landed on a tweet next uh this is a good one uh bbc radio one presenters as animals and there's there's a big a big thread Obviously, yeah, including it. yourself. Um, Melvin O'Doom is a hippopotamus, often competing for eligible females. A bulky body on short legs. A loving, warm personality. I think that's pretty incredible. Do you agree with that I think it's spot on, Abby. I saw that the other day, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't argue with it at all. Um, I mean, hippo's not the best-looking animal out there, <laughs> but in terms of his description, I think he's pretty spot on. I think that's pretty good. Are you much of an animal person? Like, have you got any animals or pets at home? No, because my mum has asthma, so we were never allowed pets because she was, like, allergic to them. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really... And I was always scared of things like big dogs and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say I'm much of an animal person. I, I don't mind cats, to be fair. I don't mind cats. And, like, tiny, cute dogs. But I wouldn't say, like... I wouldn't, I'm not the kind of guy to go, like, oh, let's go to the zoo. I actually think zoos are a bit mean. This one is from uh, Instagram. It's taken us all the way back to the 4th of July, 2018. Uh, the caption says, never make a bet on Kiss Breakfast. Hashtag Black Hulk Hogan. So the photo that goes with this is you and then your beard's dyed a sort of like strawberry blonde, shall we call it? I mean, and, um, I mean yeah. you could just you say like a bit of fancy Abby. dress. <laughs> I mean, I do dress up a lot. Okay, so that, I can't remember the exact 
reason why I lost the bet, but I lost some kind of bet on the show. And the, the forfeit was I had to dye my, my beard blonde and my beard is my pride and joy. Um, and it, it didn't come out blonde. It came out like this orangey color. I don't know why. I don't know what peroxide I was using, but I, I thought I would be able to kind of like dye it and then shave it off. And it would like, I'd just get away with it. But the thing about dyeing your hair is uh, when you shave it, then your stubble goes blonde. So I basically had blonde stubble for ages. Wow. I remember it, it was around Christmas when I did that. And my mum was not happy when I turned up <laughs> on Christmas Day with a blonde beard. She was not happy about the family photos. So yeah, it was not a good idea, but hilarious <laughs> at the time. I feel like though you're a man of your word, you know, when it comes to bets and dares. So what's like the most outrageous bet that you've lost? And tell um, us, you know, your worst forfeit. There's been a few, Abby. Uh, the <laughs> ones that I can remember were I waxed my chest and it was so bad that I got a chest infection. I had like all these little rashes on my chest. Ouch. That was terrible. Uh, there was another one where I had to wear, do you know the Borat bikini? where it's like yes. yeah it's like really tiny so I had to wear that bikini and then go to like a shop in central London and order like a breakfast Dark. the thing about London is no one cares like if you, you're dressed like in a freaky way they're just like yeah here's here's your bacon butty no one really cared but it was freezing at the time uh, so there was that one um yeah there's a there's been a few bets um involving like bodily hair and stuff like that. So yeah, those are the ones I remember the most. And there'll be more to come because it's you, inevitably. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just always lose one. I remember there was another one where uh, we had Tion Wayne on the show and he, he had to read out any girl's names from my WhatsApp as part of his song. Um, Brilliant. You remember his tune, Keisha Becky? So yeah. he basically changed the names to all the girls in my phone. <laughs> My phone book and that got me in a lot of trouble so yeah i i always lose bets <laughs> never bet with me or actually always bet with me because you'd win um it's landed on another tweet here um it says oh my god i served melvin o'doom today at work so do you do you get recognized like out and about a lot i'm sure i'm sure you do and um where people sometimes maybe are a bit like shy to be like hi but they're just kind of looking at you <laughs> from afar. you know what i always say it's random like um if i'm with ricky and charlie then mm -hmm. it happens a lot yeah and if i'm in certain settings so if i'm at a club night and people mm -hmm. are expecting to see me then it, it, people will clock you all the time um but sometimes it, i can be on a train and no i go to work literally on a train every day and no one says hello or whatever but then I could be in a shop and someone will clock it's it's completely random it depends who yeah. I'm with where I am and how I'm looking on the day because I think I'm quite approachable most of the time yeah but if I'm wearing like a if I'm wearing a hoodie and it's cold and I've got my hat on and my mask but it's weird because sometimes I've been like wearing a mask with a helmet glasses on a bike and someone will shout from a van, you all right, Melf? Like, and I'm like, how the hell <laughs> what? did you yeah. clock me? Like, I'm wearing a lot of stuff covering my, my face. So yeah, some people clock me straight and other people have no idea. It, I think it just depends on where I am. It's, it's a weird one. The DMs, do people get friendly in the DMs? Oh, it goes down in DMs, Abby. 
Does it? <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful place in my DMs. Another headline here from uh, from the Sun. Uh, it says fish bit us both. So I think this is from when you were on the circle with Ricky and then you decided to be a catfish, didn't you? You pretended to be Will I Am. And you guys were great on that show. Uh, you know what? That show was fun until Thursday when I think we had enough of each other and we needed to come out. Because, Abby, if you think it's like lockdown on crack, because you've got yeah, no phone, you've got no music, you've got no TV... You don't actually have doors on your bedroom. And me and Ricky oh. are the worst snorers because they, they're constantly filming you. So to right. make sure that they can film you asleep, like there's cameras coming from like the corridor into your bedroom. So it is, it's almost like a really posh prison. So like it was, when you're there, it's like exciting. They send lo loads of food, you get food and drink for free. And like, mm. you're having fun doing all the little games. But when it got to like Thursday, I was like, bro, I've got to leave. <laughs> And I don't I'm know how, yeah, yeah, Ricks, we need to get out of here. I don't know how people like Lady Leisha and Denise did it by themselves because mm. it's a lot to do it, but it's for a great cause. And mm -hmm. when I watched it back, I was bawling my eyes out because if it was funny and also just because of some of the stories that went along with that show, it's such um, a great cause. And, and the way they put it together was amazing. And I was happy that we did it, but it weren't easy, boy. It wasn't easy, but it was, and it was fun playing Will I Am. Will I Am actually, we called him before we went on, and his advice was like, uh, "Don't mess it up." And he was like, "If um, if you're ever describing anything, just go big." So if someone says you're going to the gym, say you're going to the gym on the moon. Like everything is like exaggerated. Will I Am? And then we were like, "Is there any other advice?" He's like, "No." Don't mess it up. And he put the phone down on us. <laughs> that was it. Okay. And then, and then Charlie asked him on Instagram if he was enjoying the circle. Um, and he was like, what? And he was like, you know, Ricky Melvin are playing you in the circle. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was like, he completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> about the conversation. Because Will I Am is the busiest man on earth. I mean, like he's yeah. doing TV shows. He's producing music. He's dancing away. He's being like, he's launching new businesses and like creating new technology all the time. He's not gonna remember a call that he had with Ricky Melvin about the circle. So yeah, he's- He's hilarious. already moved on. He's going big he's on someone on else. To the next. Like, exactly. exactly. Um, have you ever been catfished though? Or like somebody not turn up on a date or anything like that? I'm sure you've got some good dating stories in the locker. Yeah, there was one time when I met this girl on, I think, what was it? Was it Facebook? It must be Facebook. And um, she was like, let's go and meet at a pub. So I went to the pub, I sat there. And I remember the waitress kept going, oh, would you like to order, sir? And I was like, no, 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 I'm just oh, waiting no. for my date. Yeah. And then she yeah. came about she'll 30 minutes later. She'll be here. <laughs> she's like, she came about 30 minutes later. I was like, um, no, it's all right. I think give her another 10 minutes. And literally every time she came, this woman looks more and more sorry for me. Yeah. And an hour went and she came over and she was like, should I get the menus now? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, and I, and <laughs> yeah, I was so upset. And I remember messaging this girl and she just didn't respond, right? And so I went into work the next day and I was like, oh, Rick's man, I got stood up by this girl. She was chatting to me, I thought she was really nice. And he was like, let me see what she looks like. And I showed him a picture and he was like, she catfished me two weeks ago. 
No the way. same person catfished Ricky. So it's like, it's something that they must just do. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably for the best. But I, I think it's a weird thing to catfish someone. I think it's like, who does that? Yeah. To put in all the like effort of like having the chat and then actually organising the date. It's like, it's so weird, isn't it? I mean, I get the conversations, but to actually get me to leave my house, waste my aftershave, get dressed, go to a pub and sit there for you for an hour. Although it sounds hilarious now, as I describe it, they're probably watching this podcast going, I can't believe I can't this girl, that's great. <laughs> Okay, and finally, it's landed on YouTube and it's a video of your appearance on Would I Lie to You? And the story that you told was you used to pay a friend at primary school to clean your rubber. Like, what? Yeah, Eddie's. You know the guy who I said does property? Oh, yeah. So Eddie's, from school days, he was oh. about making that money. So <laughs> he used to clean people's rubbers at our school. And so when they, when the researcher calls you for what I lied to you, they ask you all these questions mm. and you give them a whole load of stories and you think you're, you're, you're giving them like good anecdotes and they're like, no, 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 no. So then, they, then they're like, give us something a bit weirder or a bit normal. And then <laughs> I gave them the rubber one and the researcher was like, it's that, that's the one we go with. And I was like, are you sure? But Abby, no word of a lie, that's <laughs> one of the funniest shows I've ever been on. It was, for me, I didn't even feel like I was someone on the show. I found it so funny, like, just being, like, observing how, because every single person on that show is so funny. I think I was on with, like, James Acaster as well. James Acaster is oh. one of my favourite standards. Oh, great. Who you yeah. would know as well. Um, like, um, the panellists, everyone, the captains, they're so sharp and so quick. It was just a pleasure to watch them work. Um, so yeah, it's one of the most fun shows to be on. I'd love to go on again because of it, just to enjoy it. I, you know what, I might even yeah. just go and sit in the audience because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's one of those shows that if, I've, if I'm feeling a bit like down or a bit like mm -hmm. sad, I go on YouTube and just watch reruns of it. It's, it's so, so good. Fun. Yeah. So good, yeah. The comments though are absolutely cracking me up because the Americans have got very, very confused because they use the term rubber as in like condom, <laughs> don't they? So they're like, how dirty can a rubber get? Full of what, sorry? <laughs> just And they've been like, just lead mainly, just like ripping apart what you said. And I was like, that is so funny. I've not even seen that. They That's must be like, funny. he's filthy. <laughs> I'm, I need to have a look at that. I mean, I don't know who's reusing rubbers in the States, but that's, that is hilarious. Um, have you ever told any big lies before, like to get you out, get you out of an event you didn't really want to go to, or to yeah, to kind of worm your way out of something? You can let it out now because it's past. Um, have I ever told any lies? Um, I mean, I, I often use the whole "I'm really late for something." I love to be late for something, and Ricky and Charlie love to call me out on that. But with me, I think the number one lie if you are going to lie about something to get you out of it, is use your mum. Because no one can mm -hmm. argue with your mum. Mm -hmm. If you say, oh, I've got to, got to take mum to the airport, so I can't, I can't make this. No one's, mm -hmm. no one's ever going to question you taking your mum. And if you've met my mum <laughs> or seen my mum, you're like, she's the sweetest woman in the world. So you'll just be like, yeah, cool, just do what you're doing. So yeah, I like to use mum. 
as a little get out clause. But other than that, I don't really, if I don't want to do something, I just disappear or just tell the truth and say, <laughs> I don't, don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm usually the kind of guy, I don't um, not go to events, but I'm, I'm a backdoorer, Abby. I do that. I'm a Sneak away. Yeah. I always show my face. I'll, and my secret is get the party person drunk. And then they don't know when you've left. So, left. so mm. I usually come in and I'll be like, Abs, let's do a couple shots. I'll have a few shots with you and I disappear. So the next time you see me, you'll be like, no, thanks for coming to the party. I had a great, I, oh, I, was, I was messed up. I'm like, I know you was doing this, this and this. And they think you've been there for hours. I was there for like 10 minutes. Had a few shots. Look at you. He's done this Back a few door. times. Yeah. I feel like, like I do it because if I start saying bye to people, I'm so easily peer pressured. They're like, no, stay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so boring now, Abby. I'll be honest with you. I love to chill and watch Grey's Anatomy. Nothing wrong with that. And what a lovely way to end the podcast. Melvin O'Doom, well done on completing Celebrity Search Engine. How did you find it? You know, I'm relieved we got through it. I was quite <laughs> nervous, but I'm very happy with the outcome. Thank you very much, Abby. Before we go, one final question. Who would you like to nominate to come on the podcast sometime soon? Ooh! Ooh. Anybody. Anybody. I think Greg James. I feel like Greg James has got a lot of stories. Yeah, and, and I feel like Greg, although he does like the breakfast show, he's quite he's quite like private, isn't he? So it'd be good to get some. Yeah, some yeah, there's a lot we don't yeah. know about Greg. So yeah, Greg. That's all what right. I'm Thanks for being amazing and listening to Celebrity Search Engine. Please hit that subscribe or follow button to make sure you don't miss a future episode of the podcast. We have got some brilliant guests lined up and you don't want to miss out on all that fun, do you? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now, please drop us a review and a rating. Five stars is, you know, that sweet, sweet spot and will be greatly appreciated. And let us know in that review or over on social media who you'd like to see on the podcast next. Melvin Adoom has got a nominated fellow Radio 1 presenter Greg James but who would you like to know more on? Let us know. We are at Celeb Search Engine on Instagram. Until next time, I'm your host Abby McCarthy and thanks for using the Celebrity Search Engine. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.